Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast. www.worshipministrycatalyst.com Worship Ministry Catalyst is a networking resource for all worship leaders and worship team members, serving as a catalyst to facilitate worship in the local church. David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. Just before we get into today's episode, I'd like to take a minute and congratulate the winners of the Chris Tomlin Burning Lights CD giveaway. We just hosted the giveaway over on worshipministrycatalyst.com. We'd encourage you to head over there if you would like to find out more information about this and hopefully other giveaways we'll be doing in the future. But for now, a shout out to Amy D. Kelly T. Kelly L, Nate S, and Debbie R. Congratulations for winning a copy of Chris Tomlin's new CD, Burning Lights. And now, for the rest of the show. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Hey, hey. Episode 123, 123. And (laughs) you know what? After a thousand more of these, it'll be 1234. Yeah, but people might not ever hear this one. Oh. Because Friday is the end of the world. Oh, that's right. When we're recording. So t- today's right. the same day as the last day that we recorded the last Bummer. episode. So the 19th, yeah, I, I two told, more days, the, the world will be over. I told Melanie this year, I'm like, hey, sorry, honey, I'm not getting you a present because it's the end of the world. Um, no Christmas for you. Yeah. So don't bother getting your loved ones a Christmas gift. Yeah, I mean, it's just a waste of money. I mean, go spend it on doing something today with your family. Might as well. Take advantage of it. But nobody's ever going to hear this, so all of our advice is... Totally wasted. Thank you. I forgot to do that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's okay because um, you know, end of the world. Um, if it happens, it, it happens. happens, and we'll all be with Jesus. <laughs> yeah, we will. It would be a lot better place. Yeah. But um, no. For the record, though, I don't believe for one second that twelve twenty one. Oh is come on! The world. Not even one second. Not even one you second. haven't had one doubt in your mind. Not okay. a single doubt. Yeah. It's it's funny because if you actually study any of the of the history about the Mayan calendar, you know that that they have these like they have loops, right? So there's like a like a seven day loop, a twenty one day loop, some like five hundred and some day loop, some thousands of day loop, and the one that is ending on this Friday is just a loop. Yeah. So if it's a loop, if all the other loops continue indefinitely, why wouldn't the big 5,000 year loop continue, continue also? Yeah, just circle back around. <laughs> you know, it's like, so, hey, maybe the Mayans just ran out of space on their loop or something. You know, it's like. Have you seen that? I think it's a far side or something where like the guy just stops writing and then he's <laughs> like, this is really going to mess some people up someday. Yeah. People 5, are really going to freak out about 5, this. 5,000 years from now, people are going to be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, so no, if you're hearing this podcast, that means. Everything is normal. <laughs> it means that the world did not end. <laughs> Everything's okay, yep. folks. Yeah, so, um, but anyway, to us, it's still a couple days before Christmas, yeah. but at your listening, it will be after Christmas. Post-Christmas. I hope um, you guys had a great Christmas. Yeah. I hope did, you got just the right amount of whatever you got. Yeah. Not too much, but not hey, too Hey, so much. I can say, because this won't air until after mm-hmm. Christmas, I got Melanie a Keurig coffee maker nice which we were talking about this yeah she's been wanting one for a long time Mm -hmm. and you know 
Um, I, I, I'm always, you know, I'm a cheap, I'm a really cheap guy. And I'm like, what in the world? Why, why would we spend, you know, 120 bucks on this thing? And then you got to buy the little packs, mm-hmm. you know, the little cups or whatever. Which the the good news about the packs is that I think now, I think it's like seven years or something since they came out. So now they're going to be able to be generic. Oh, they aren't name brands anymore? No. So I, so like I bought some from Costco and I think so that they're going to be more and more generic. So the price is just going to keep coming Yay. down. See, I bought it at just the right time. Yeah, just the right time. Yay. Perfect timing. Anyway, so um, yeah, I can I can say on air what I bought Melanie because she won't hear this until after Christmas. Yeah. But I'm Unless really I mess excited. up and post the wrong one. No, don't. Oh, no. <laughs> you got to promise me. Don't no, post this They're stuff. numbered. They're numbered. I won't do the wrong one. <laughs> no, but I'm um, really excited because, you know... It's hard because I, I got to be like kind of sneaky and deceptive, you know, mm-hmm. which which I hate doing, but um, I want it to be a surprise. So, you know, um, every now and then she'll met, you know, I, I've had this plan for months now and every over the last several months, every now and then she's like, oh, there's that cure. You know, she's like trying to drop hints and I'm like, yep, we're never getting that, you know, just <laughs> just trying to totally downplay it. And um, so my wife actually already knows what I'm getting her for Christmas oh. because she requested it. So we, you know, we don't have a whole lot of money this year. So uh, I'm making her something. Oh, and I'm cool. kind of making her, she wanted, I made this shelf that mounts to a wall for her mom to display all of her cookbooks. Wow. And, um, but she's also wanted this, uh, this potter's bench. And so I said, well, maybe what if, what if I just kind of combine the two and I make, <laughs> put it in make one. a potter's bench with a bunch of shelves. And so I'm making that for Christmas. So Sweet. she will have gotten that by, yeah, I just sent out a message nice. on Facebook a couple hours ago asking if anyone has a radial arm saw that I can borrow. It will be too late by the time this podcast airs, but yeah. it would be a lot easier if I could borrow somebody's radial oh, arm yeah. saw. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, I'm going to be making it out of pallets, kind of wow. old recycling wood and yeah. stuff like that. Try and give it that old rustic feel. Yeah. Cool. So that should be nice fun. Nice work. That's a cool gift. Yeah. I like making stuff as you yeah, can you're, tell. You're, yeah. You're good at that. I, um, I think we mentioned, of a yeah, desk we're I, I, I was going to say, I think, I think we mentioned uh, three or four podcasts ago. Uh, we got the the mammoth desk in here. Mega which, desk. Mega desk, which, which is the desk of all desks. It, mm-hmm. It literally contains everything you could ever need. If you've need. seen the episode of The Office where Dwight makes Megadesk, it's about that size. It's Megadesk. It's not quite as big. It's but pretty it's close. awesome though. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing it doesn't have is that like second story of desk that, yeah. that he put on top, which Megadesk is pretty sweet. Yeah. Um anyway, so Christmas coming up. Um so we wanted to talk about David and I before we before we get into that we oh. should do our stuff. Oh yes, worshipministrycatalyst.com is where you can find us online. You can send an email to David at worshipministrycatalyst.com or Kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com and go over there and leave us a comment. We yeah. like it when you guys comment we, on the we on like the hearing posts. Your and we like to be able to read them on the air. So we actually read uh, every single one. And if you read, if you leave one, we'll. And I also want to say, uh, right uh, they kind of get this vibe that people think we're like some big conglomerate <laughs> no. podcast company of, you know, we're like, we're like the podcast of some big worship company somewhere in the world. No, we're just sitting in a garage. We're just two guys. And it's, it's 54 degrees in yeah. here. So it's, it's, uh, <laughs> we're definitely it, not some big company. It's nothing with glamorous. A skyscraper nothing, office no, or something. Nothing glamorous. No. But, um, we're in a know, very cold garage with Megadesk. We have said this a number of times. We're just a couple guys who... We want to do whatever we can to help you as a worship leader and worship team member in your church. So yeah. uh, go over there, worshipministrycatalyst.com, leave us a comment. You can follow us on twitter.com slash WM Catalyst. I do that every Catalyst. time. Catalyst. Catalyst. 
Like us on Facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst. Voicemail 360-818-4339, country code 1, if you're calling from around the world. And you can leave us an audio message. Click on the tab on the right on the website. I messed it up. I was going to learn it, but I still just messed it up again. Yeah. Something about right and website. Right. They rhyme. If you go to the website, click on the right. Yeah. Go to the website, click on the tab on the right. Something like that. That's the meter's off, though. Yeah. You'll, you'll find the cadence. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, and one more thing. Oh. Um, if you want to help support us a little bit or help support the worship pastor who just lost his job, you can, anytime you buy anything from <laughs> Amazon, go to worshipministrycatalyst.com. There's a, there's a big button on the right. It doesn't cost you anything extra. Just go there before you buy anything from Amazon, and they shave off a little piece and send it our way. So. Sorry, I he thought... He keeps coming on. I thought I turned that off. But, uh, so anyway, that's all the stuff. We're out, it's out of the way now. We can get into... Good. So... Worship. Anyway, Christmas... Worship. Uh, this is Tis the Season for Christmas, and after this airs, it'll be post-Christmas. But um, I just finished my uh, big Christmas program at my church, and David was kind enough to grace his presence and come <laughs> to um, come to Laurelwood. I don't know about that. Um, I don't know he, if that was kind... No, he he was he was one of those distinguished VIPs. He walked in the door, and everyone was like, oh, "David!" And I gave him the seat of honor at the front of the table. Um, <laughs> no. I actually sat in the back because I knew we'd probably have one kid crying at some point in time. You know, one of your four kids is going to have a meltdown. It was, it was destined. Chances to, are pretty good. It was destined to happen. <laughs> anyway, so um, so before before we hit record, um. Uh, I was just asking David, you know, hey, what what'd you think about, you know, the, the Christmas program? And we're, we were talking about different things. And one of the things we were talking about was sound. And um, Which, by the way, it was a great Christmas program. Thank you. Lots of, lots of use of really current, you know, Christmas music. And I really like that. I think, I think at Christmas you can get away with doing a lot of, a lot of older stuff, but that doesn't mean we have to. And I think it's nice when you can introduce people to a lot of the newer Christmas music that's out there and you yeah. don't have to listen to the same 12 songs every year. Yeah, we, uh, and, and yeah, we did. We, um, you know, I, I use a lot of, um, uh, I'm trying to think of uh, all the, you know, Bebo Norman's Christmas CD from mm-hmm. a couple years ago, New Song. Um, Sidewalk Prophets has a little Christmas EP. We mm-hmm. use a song for that. Um, a local group, um, Generation Unleashed from City Bible, they came out with a Christmas album this year. And that one song I did with a little piano hook mm-hmm. thing, that was from um, the one that we had the kids choir. That was sing. a nice hook, too. I remember that. Yeah, it was a, it, it was a really fun song. Probably my favorite song mm-hmm. on the whole, the whole program. Um, anyway, so uh, we did the program. Um, you know, I think it went really well. We had a lot of, um, you know, a lot of new people come, which that was kind of the goal. We, we, we really made a push this year with our people. Um, you know, please don't just show up. Show up with someone. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like don't just don't just come and sit there and be like, oh yeah, that was really nice. Like, show up with someone. Mm-hmm. Um, you and know, don't just bring your other church friends. Right? Yeah, you know. So I mean, I invite all you know all my neighbors. You know, we we um you know we we gave them Christmas cookies and we're like, um, and if you want these cookies, you have to come <laughs> to the program. <laughs> Take the ticket. Yeah. Take the ticket or you don't get the cookies. Take the ticket. Yep. So um anyway, we you know, we we had a really um I think a really good turnout. But one of the things Dave and I were talking about, it's just always so tricky. And I'm sure my church is not the only church that has a hard time mixing sound. Mm-hmm. You know, we we are technically in 
a carpeted gymnasium. Um, you know, as much as we dress it up to look like a sanctuary, at the end of the day, it's a gym <laughs> with a basketball hoop. You know, yep, yep. Um, you know, and, and we have like a little sound baffling on the walls, and you know, we we have you know the carpet carpeted basketball floor and whatever. But you know, trying to trying to mix a good sound, and so we were just talking about the difficulties of running sound as a church, especially when you're dealing with volunteers. And I'm sure mm-hmm. many of the listeners here, um, you know, probably are in churches where they have volunteers running sound or I don't know, maybe a part-time guy running sound. I mean, you know, I don't think there's a whole lot of churches that hire full-time sound guys, except for bigger. You have to be pretty big, I think, before you get full-time sound tech. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So we just started talking so, about Yeah. And we that. were talking about, you know, the, the expectations are higher. This right. and kind of goes back to, right. you remember that we did an episode on the auto-tune effect yep. and how that's... Auto-tune the news. People now have the expectation that all vocals should be perfect because they're used to hearing perfect vocals all the time, because, yeah. thanks to things like auto-tune. Ah. And uh, so they don't hear mistakes anymore. And and even if they're not, even if the artists aren't using auto tune, it's probably a comped track. And in the sense that it's a comp composed of a bunch of takes of the song so that they could get the perfect track. Right. You know, and then, and then they have the expectation that when you get up there and sing that you're going to be able to perform at the same caliber, even though you're only doing it in one take and they had a hundred takes to get theirs right. So the same thing is the same effect is true for sound and our worship worship environments, people are beginning to expect because of the caliber that they hear everywhere. All you know, all the all the music they hear on the radio, all the music they hear from people that they buy music from, all the everything they hear on TV, everything they hear in the store. Yeah, anything downloaded you go, on iTunes, any CD they bought is has been the production produced. level is so high. Yeah, it's been mastered, it's been engineered, it's been crafted to be a perfect product. Mm-hmm. You know. I and, mean, unless, I mean, there's a few groups like, you know, they're, I think their niche is kind of, it, that has this really like, you know, kind of dirty, authentic sound, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, I mean, there, there's a few, few groups like that, that kind of, um, are, you know, are like, hey, we're just, you know, we're just in the, we're just in the barn, you mm-hmm. know, with, with the banjo and we, we hit record. <laughs> um, oh, like, like what, oh, what's the name of that group? Stink. Um, the, the one that uh, does the, the Hey Ho song. Uh, I belong to you. You belong to me, my sweet. Da, da, da. I forget the name of the group. I'm sure someone listening knows what I'm talking about. Anyway, like that group. Should I go look it up? Would that help you? Uh, yeah, yeah. Just type in "Hey Ho" and you'll you'll find the name of the group. Anyway, but that's a great example of, of a group um, that people have embraced that has kind of a, um, you know, they 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 don't sing very. Um, the Lumineers. There it is. Thank you. Lumineers, yeah, they they don't have like a like a super clean sound, you mm-hmm. know. They they sing slightly out of tune, you know. Every now and then they hit a wrong note, you know. And it's actually kind of refreshing when you <laughs> it hear kind that. Of is. You know? I'm like, like, hey, I can play this. You yeah, know? I make mistakes all the time. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> but um, but you know, there's there's the pressure, and so so you have the pressure of of perfection, but at the same time, you're you're often working with volunteers Volunteers, who are busy six or seven days out of the week. They They don't have time to put in the the training and the research and the learning that they need to be able to do to even come close to being in the bottom 10% of being competitive with those, those markets, you know, I I don't know about, you know, your sound guys for, for those of you listening. Um, but I'll tell you my sound guys, 
you know, we have practice on Thursday night or sometimes Tuesday. Um, and they come in and they mix sound. And then they come in on Sunday morning and mix sound, and that's about all they do. Like, yeah. the, like these guys are not studying, you know, pro sound magazines. <laughs> right. <laughs> they, they are on the website, like listening, you know, to f- different frequency, um, you know, nuances. Like, you know, they have jobs. They, you know, what? They're not are, sitting down at a mixer every day and working on it. Right. Right. Where the pros do it every single day for a living. Not to mention the fact that they were trained to do yeah, that. Yeah, and my sound guys paid a lot of money to do that. You know, yeah. my sound guys, they they just like. They like being able to to serve. They like mm-hmm. being able to help out. You know, they enjoy mixing sound. They enjoy music. Um, and they're like, well, hey, I like music. You know, maybe I can mi- mix a few songs and, you know, move a few knobs and slide some faders. And mm-hmm. anyway, you know, and, and I, I think you're right. I, I don't want to say I'm frustrated because I'm not frustrated. And I mm-hmm. hope I'm not coming across frustrated. But I think you're right um, that there is an overarching um level expectation you know when it comes to the sound that we hear these days mm-hmm. and i mean i i'll just be honest and say like our church you know our, our church of, of of 325 350 you know we're we're not going to be able to compete you know with with the latest cd that that's being spending you know millions of dollars being produced um and so unfortunately that's what people hear mm-hmm. and that's what people buy and whether people realize it or not, that's what they come to expect. Right. So see what I wish, and this is, this has kind of become a pet peeve of mine now, um, kind of having been a victim of it, but, uh, I just wish churches in general could get away from the mindset of competition. Uh, you know, trying I, to be the best or sound the best or, or even trying, not even just trying to be the best, but just trying to do what this church did or that church did or what they saw on TV or what they saw there. I mean, what I, what I wish really drove the church is, uh, a desire to do what God intends and really seeking God's purpose for your church and what God wants you to do at Christmas and, and every weekend as opposed to, Oh, well, I saw this at this other church and I think we need to put it in here. Or, you know, I heard someone talking about this. So what if we tried this? You know, it would just be refreshing to, to experience churches from the sense that they are really just, they don't care about what 99% of the churches are out there are doing. Yeah. They're just trying to discern what God wants for their church and to go in that direction, do it the best that they can. You know, I'm not trying to write off the need for for doing everything we can the best that we can, but at the same time, I just wish it wasn't about competition for yeah. churches. Although on the flip side, David, you know, even when it's not about competition, you still need to be able to, you know, have a good sound, a, a good mm-hmm. sounding mix, and you know, that's where I struggle. Like, you know, I I don't feel I don't feel super competitive. I I don't feel like I have to have a perfect sound, but, um. You know, sometimes I, I end up being frustrated because, um, you know, the the sound we get is all like mid-range. You know, mm-hmm. there, there isn't maybe some of that nice, you know, sharp, crisp, high-end stuff. Uh, things end up sounding muddy. You get lots of stage volume despite our best efforts. Mm-hmm. You know, we put up a drum shield. We turn down our monitors. Um, you know, and so, I mean, for me at the end of the day, it's like, you know, how, how much is going to change? How much um, money are we able to put into making the change? Because, you know, we're not a huge church with a huge mm-hmm. budget. So, you know, we, we do what we can. Um, you know, I mean, I'll, every couple of years I'll, I'll try to do like a sound training, you know, and those are good ideas. Mm-hmm. What, what are some other 
strategies um, that you would suggest for, you know, for a church that, that, you know, has volunteer sound people to try to, you know, mix at, at a level that maybe is better than what they're currently. Well, I think one easy strategy that doesn't cost you any money is as the worship leader to get back in the sound booth with the sound guy during an actual service. So that's going to require that you have a team up there that doesn't need you in it to lead. But but to come back and say, okay, so this is what I'm hearing. Uh, what do you hear? And just to be able to have a dialogue that says, okay, so so I can't hear the piano right now. Can you hear it? Mm. Uh, I can't hear the electric guitar. Can you hear it? I can only hear this or I can only hear that. What do you hear? And so that uh, you know, and just being able to have time, you know, encourage them to play with the mix a little bit when you're back there and, and to turn up the acoustic and bring it out till you think it's way too hot and then take it all the way out and then see if you notice, you know, and so like one of the, one of the biggest tips I think you can give any sound guy is, is to, is to learn what part the person is playing. So you yeah. know what to, what's missing if you're not hearing yeah. it. And so, you know, you can't just expect somebody that doesn't know anything about music or sound to come in and be able to rock the sound mix. You know, they've got to be able to know what the acoustic guitar should sound like and what the acoustic guitar is playing and yeah. whether or not they're hearing it. And so, you know, and you can't coach in that from the stage. It's just impossible to coach in any mixing. So I think, I think, any chance you can to get off, get off the stage and get back in the sound booth is going to be helpful. Yep. But, um, and then, you know, I think if there, if there are any investments you can make in your, in your team, it would be, and this, this is, I think universal, no matter what kind of, of mixer you have, it is learning how to set a good, you know, gain staging, good gain structure, how to get the right level. So you're not clipping, but you're not too quiet and getting a lot of noise in the mix. Mm -hmm. Really learn how to use an EQ and really learn how to use a compressor. Yeah. And if you can, if you can invest in those three things and training them on using those three things, that's going to make mixing so much easier because it's really hard to mix when you've got a bad EQ and you've got, you know, either uncompressed or poorly compressed instruments. And so you've got to be constantly if you're if you're not mixing with compression, you have to be constantly raising and adjusting everything. If you can compress it and get it get the dynamic range down to a reasonable amount, mm-hmm. then it's going to make mixing a lot easier. Yeah. And so you know, I think I think those three things, you know, gain staging, EQ, and and compression. If you could, if if all churches, all of us could invest in teaching people, and I and you know, at my last church, I was having to do a lot of teaching on di- on uh, compression. Mm. It was just they wasn't really getting used at all. And the mixes weren't good, and so we we were. I was constantly talking to him about how I use compressors and mm-hmm. and and how I set it for kick drum or snare drum or vocals and stuff like that. Yeah, and, yeah. And just just being able to coach in that is going to greatly improve the results you're going to get, as opposed to just saying, "Okay, uh, people are complaining that it's too loud." Well, it might not be too loud. It might just be certain things are popping and peaking yeah. at the wrong times. Yeah, and so like one of the things that I learned. You know, your DB meter might say that you're only running 90, but it's 90 decibels of mid-range. Mm. And that's going to just annoy the pants off of everyone <laughs> and that's there because nobody wants to hear 90 decibels of mid-range. They want to hear everything. And so, yeah. so you got to, you know, teach people how to hear that kind of stuff and bring right. it out. But so... Yeah, good words. Yeah, that's kind of my practical advice for sound. Yeah, no, I... There's I mean, a lot more to it than that, but... 
no, that's I'm, the simplified those version. Are, those are simple, you know, simple, practical things. And, you know, and I think, you know, for a, a lot, you know, for a lot of worship pastors and for a lot of, you know, us that are at smaller churches, um, you know, those are the kind of things we need to be mm-hmm. aware of because, um, you know, I, I don't know if Laurelwood will ever have like the perfect sound, but I think we can have a really good sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, when, when you put in that time and that work, um, you know, to, to practice on these worship songs and, and you know, we've even talked about the, the art of practicing worship, mm-hmm. um, you know, being, being worshipers, um, you want that to come across with a sound that's going to re- reflect and resemble your heart, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think these are good, are good tips and good strategies. And I think, um, well, bottom line is worship is the most important thing that you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not about the music or about the sound. Right, right. But if those things get in the way of worship, then you need to deal with it. That's when they become important. Yeah, okay, because if it becomes a distraction, I mean, you know, the, the best is when is when the sound and the mix um, is being presented so that you can just sing your, you know, sing your heart out and sing your love for the Lord, you know, sing your praises to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Come on, everybody, stand (laughs) up and sing, won't you? Hallelujah. Um, Oh, never mind. (laughs) He was a good songwriter. Oh, yeah. He, the dear, late, great Rich Mullins. He is a good guy. That's just a pet peeve of mine. He's been dead for a long time and they're still playing his songs on Christian radio. Hey man, it's classic. It's classic, but but it's not. I mean, it doesn't fit in with everything else that they're playing now. Uh, you know, it's, and it kind of stands out like a sore thumb. Are you thinking they're doing it just because he's? I don't know why they're doing. It. I think they like the song and they just play it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we digress. Yes. Um. No offense, Mister Rich Mullins. No. I love your music. You're great. I do. But yeah, remember? Um, man, I remember after you know after he passed away, there was um. Was it the the Reagan Muffin Band? Yeah. Like like did a bunch of his um songs that he had kind of did demos of or the mm-hmm. demo tapes or it was like it was like this two disc CD. Um, I remember I remember buying that and just listening to it and being like, oh man, you know, I wish he was still around. Yeah. He good he, songs. He's one of the guys. I think I mentioned this before when we were talking about songwriting, but he thinks you don't need to, if it's a good enough song, you won't need to write it down. Hmm. You should be able to remember all the lyrics and remember the song without writing it down. If you have to write it down, whoops, that, it's not it's not done yet. Man, <laughs> well, I guess I failed. And yeah, because I, I I can't do that without writing it. No, no, I can't. Hey, speaking either. of compressors, look at that. Yeah, you got a little compressor right I there. I do. The Alesis thirty six thirty compressor. Yeah, I, I hardly ever use it, but what's it hooked uh, up to? Nothing right now. Okay. <laughs> and then but what's it's that? There if I need it. That's a headphone that? amp. What is it? Headphone amp. Ah, is that Behringer? Yeah, it's a Behringer. Ah. Oh, sorry. Don't tell anyone. I I just, I I can't quite see, but I thought I saw the logo in the right corner there. It's a little out of my sight line. Yes, it is. I'm sorry. Do you not like Behringer? I don't like Behringer. We had a Behringer bass amp that we used for the longest time. I actually loved it. And then it it broke. And now we use this giant PV keyboard amp. PV is just as bad as Behringer, but yeah, I don't like Behringer. No. Dude, I that that Behringer bass amp we had was like ten times better than this PV thing we got now. See, I, yeah, I yeah, I think if you just spend about twenty more dollars and get you know a, a bass amp that was designed for a bass, it's gonna work out a lot it better. For you. better. <laughs> yeah, one of these days when uh, when I actually 
when I actually get around to it, I'll buy a real bass amp. For now, though, we'll continue using the PV keyboard <laughs> amp. Uh, yeah, keyboard amps have a, a have a decent amount of bass. So it's the thing's a thing. beast. It weighs like 120 pounds. Man, it's just <laughs> ginormous. Yeah. And can, I think that's why I use you it. Can climb I'm like, inside it as as a as an earthquake shelter. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like. <laughs> Even though it's a keyboard amp, I mean, the thing's big enough where you might as I mean, people think it's a bass amp because it's so gigantic, right. you know? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, wait, it says P- it says keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> we have our one guy, one of our bass players, he refuses to play from it. He brings his own <laughs> amp. He, like, literally carts his amp from home because he's like, there's no way I'm yeah. playing my bass through a keyboard amp. <laughs> I There are so many bass players and, and guitar players are like that. No, I'm not going to play through whatever <laughs> piece of junk you've got. I'm not playing through this. PV? I wouldn't be caught dead. <laughs> Not a chance. Anyway, uh, all the joys of of commercialism. Oh uh, well, hey, so I'm not playing through an orange. <laughs> I'm playing through an apple. No oranges for me. Anyway, yeah, so good stuff. Sound. Um, so uh, this this episode is going to air right at the beginning of the year, and so maybe a great goal for you as a worship a New Year's ministry resolution. worship pastor for the year. Is well, getting off the stage and and training your people, I think, is a great goal. We've talked about that That's a lot of good. times on the podcast. Get off the stage and let your volunteers, let your people do the ministry. But at the same time, don't just get off the stage and go sit in the congregation. Yeah. Get off the stage and go in the sound booth, go in the tech booth, go in the light booth, and and help them because you probably have ideas that they don't, yeah. and you might have even some knowledge that they don't. And and if you don't communicate and work with them, they're never going to know what you're thinking. And they could be thinking everything's totally fine and not have any idea that you're really mad at them because they're not learning. <laughs> so, so get get off the stage and get in the booth and help and help your team members out. And I think if you just if you just did that probably six or eight times throughout the course of the year, you'd notice an improvement. Yeah. And uh, and then there's so many resources online, so many you know videos, YouTube videos that teach you how to do EQ, teach you how to do compression and all that stuff. Find a couple of good ones. Mm. And and just send them on to your sound guys, or just find. There's I'll I'll see if I can remember some of the sound blogs that I have frequented in the past and link to them. But there's some great blogs out there that just teach you a lot of the basics. Oh, Go yeah, to those awesome. and share them with your sound men and women. So nice. that's all the time we have. Thanks for listening. You can find us online www.worshipministrycatalyst.com. You can send an email to david at worshipministrycatalyst.com or, or Kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com. Like us on Facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst. Follow us on Twitter.com slash WM Catalyst. Leave us a voicemail at 360-818-4339. Leave an audio message. Go to our website and click on the box on the right. And leave a comment on the post. We'll read it on the air. And if you don't mind swinging by and clicking on the on the picture before you go buy something on Amazon, we'd appreciate that too. So thanks very much. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye.